what's going down <laughs> it's your girl Anya chanel aka your highness aka miss i don't give a fuck if you feel me you gonna feel me and we're back with another episode of i got a question <laughs> okay hope you guys have been enjoying the episode so far i've been getting some good feedback so that makes me really happy um what I do want to do is make sure you guys are answering those questions at the end of the podcast. Even if you don't answer them to me, answer them to yourself. Because once you answer those questions, you will start to heal from your past traumas and uh, stuff like that. So yeah, don't just take it as a podcast. Take it as a therapy session, maybe. It's a little bit of therapy for you at the end of these because it, you know, I do have a few thought-provoking questions there that hopefully make you think, look inward, outward um, at yourself, the world itself, individuals in your life and everything like that, okay? Don't do yourself the disservice of just listening to this and not absorbing anything and not answering those questions at the end. Those questions are not just because the podcast is called I Got a Question, it is for you to do your own deep dive, formulate your own opinion of what I'm speaking about, and go from there, okay? Um, let's get it in. So today's episode was actually prompted by a good friend of mine, a sister, even. Uh, thank you, Larasia, for this topic. A lot of you probably follow me on Instagram or Facebook, something, Twitter. That's how you are getting to the podcast. That's how you know I even have a podcast. But a lot of you probably don't know my history of how I started modeling and everything like that. So um, we're going to go way back. (laughs) Because I never in a million years thought that I would be a model ever in my life. I never thought that I would get in front of a camera and get my photo taken. I never thought that I'd be on somebody's runway. I never thought that I'd be in somebody's magazine. Nothing like that. I didn't have enough confidence in myself to even think that that was something that I would be able to do. So in order to know who I am, you have to know where I came from. So we got to take it back. Take it back, 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 back. Okay. So, as a young girl, um, I've always been the lightest in my family, obviously. That's never changed. I had a lot of insecurities around that, honestly, because I started to think that I wasn't a part of my family. Uh, Started to think that maybe I was adopted, maybe my mom wasn't really my mom, and stuff like that. And then, of course, I have an older brother, and that's what they do. Oh, you're adopted. We're not your real family. Stuff like that. So I was a little insecure about my skin color. I was insecure about being, you know, a part of my family even. So that was tough. And all of that, even from like elementary school, perpetuated into middle school. And where I went to middle school, like sixth grade, was a predominantly Hispanic uh, area. So there were a lot of Spanish speakers, a lot of people from Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, um, 
Mexico and then of course there were brown skinned folks us and then there were like maybe you know throw five or six white folks in there right so with all that being said when people look at me they already are assuming that I'm not a black person or I'm biracial one of my parents is white something of that nature so when I was younger I would tell people that I was biracial. I would tell them that I was white, I was black, and I was Mexican. I wanted to be all three of those things because if I was all three of those things, I didn't have to continue to answer these birating questions that I would get once I told them that I was not biracial. I was not bicultural. Both of my parents were brown skin individuals. Then more questions come after that. It's like a fucking survey that you didn't ask to take, right? So I told people I was black, Mexican and white and they believed me and that was it um that's a little embarrassing because nobody in my family is any type of anything except for niggas so um it just goes to show you what happens when you don't have a lot of security in yourself and who you are as a person you just make shit up to make yourself feel better and also so that I'm not having to explain my heritage to anyone because honestly, I don't have to tell anybody shit. And now that I know that now as a grown adult, I feel silly for even having to feel like I had to tell these people my fake business. I didn't have to tell them anything if I didn't want to, right? Okay, so then... We go from telling people that I was a different race to feeling like I was ugly because I was taller than everybody. I was probably the tallest girl in my elementary school and my middle school, taller than a lot of the boys. Um, I had really big feet. I wore a size 11 shoe in sixth grade, so... It was hard for me to feel like a girl. It was hard for me to feel like a beautiful little preppy skinny girl. So I was a tomboy. I used to wear jeans all the time. I didn't wear dresses. I didn't wear skirts. I didn't like my legs to be out. I didn't want to be showing my legs off. Um, I used to wear, you know, clothes that weren't form fitting, just t-shirts, jeans, no dresses. I didn't want any purses. I didn't want any of that type of stuff. No makeup, no lip gloss, no glitter. I was not that type of girl. I was very much a tomboy. I wanted to play football. I wanted to be with the boys. Um, that's just who I was. You know what I mean? And even from uh, middle school to high school, I did play volleyball when I was in high school, but it made me feel super uncomfortable because the little shorts, you know, the spank shorts that they made us wear, you know, guys would comment, I'm in ninth grade, and guys are commenting about my vagina and my butt, and the guys were, oh, we're gonna come, we're coming to the game just to see you, and I'm like, ninth grade, never been sexual with anybody, feeling real uncomfortable, trying to cover up my vagina, because now I feel like it's on display, and everybody's looking at it, so even when I got older and had a little bit more confidence in myself, I still had these insecurities because of other people, and I think that is what's caused me to not give a fuck anymore. I don't care what anybody thinks of me now. Um, I don't because I love myself. And it took years. It took 20 years 
almost to love myself. Uh, let's say 19. Because when I finally got to the point of I didn't care what anybody had to say about me. I'm just going to do whatever. I was probably 18, 19. And that's when I first got in front of a camera and had my picture taken. And that's how I started modeling. I didn't start modeling because an agency told me I was pretty or that, oh my God, your legs are so long. You're so beautiful. You're so thin because I wasn't. I thought I was fat. Um, I did it because guy I was dating at the time had a camera. He needed to test it out. And that's just what it was. So it's still, even when my modeling career started and I was just doing it to help somebody, you know, with their career, what they wanted to do, which was be a photographer, it still was not something that I had in my brain that I could do. You know what I mean? It wasn't, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to model now. I can be a model. It was, I'm modeling for him so that he can, you know, achieve his dreams or whatever. And, you know, just having fun in the process. So I still wasn't all the way there until I moved to California. And when I finally moved to California, I did my first real runway fashion show ever. Didn't get paid for it, of course. I was a raw artist fashion show. I'm not sure if you guys know what that is, but years and years ago, they used to have these raw showcases with different artists showing their work. And that was my first time ever gracing a stage. And it felt amazing. I felt like the most beautiful girl there. I felt like I was the shit. I could do this every day for the rest of my life. And all I did was get on the stage and walk up and down and go back. I wasn't doing the most. I wasn't being extra. I wasn't trying to sashay and do all this other stuff. It was literally just, I'm going to just walk. I'm going to go back. And that's it. No training. No coaching no anything just me independent by myself that changed the game for me being able to do something that I'd never done ever in my life so successfully without any help made me realize that I'm the shit I am the shit and nobody can tell me any different I started to flourish from that day on after that show I was doing photo shoot after photo shoot, doing show after show. People loved me in California. I was getting paid to do shows and shoots and stuff like that. And so that really brought to a head my passion for being independent and not wanting to work for somebody or be up under someone or, excuse me, try and make it seem like I needed somebody to make me happy or I needed somebody to support me in this dream that I had when all I really needed was myself to motivate me, right? So while in California, I finally, finally, finally started to explore my sexuality because I always knew that I was attracted to girls, women, whatever. But my parents were always very anti-gay. Everything was homo this and faggot that. Excuse my language. I hope I'm not offending anybody. I'm just speaking on what my parents used to do. So I didn't used to use those words, but because I heard them and they were negative in my brain, 
I never, ever in a million years would have thought to like a girl, especially not living in my parents' house, because at that point, I probably would have got my ass beat or been talked about, you know, whatever the case may be. So I finally started to venture out and date women, and it was very refreshing because I knew that there was nothing wrong with me. I knew that it was okay to be attracted to women and I wasn't sick or I wasn't going to hell or anything like that. And that helped me transition into a being a grown up because I was still a child. I was still a kid at 19. I was legal, but I'm still a kid. You know what I mean? And I've been dating the same guy for so long. I finally reached a point in my life where I had experienced things, real, real stuff. You know what I mean? I was a grown up and um, very proud, very proud. Unfortunately, I did have to move back to Texas and live with my mother because of unseen, unforeseen circumstances in California. But I got back out to Houston, got it you know, got a job, got a car, was doing my modeling stuff still, and was flourishing. So life kind of took a turn when I got into an abusive relationship, you know, and not and to this day, I can laugh about the fact that I really thought that this person loved me when they showed me in every instance that they didn't you know it's funny how we can say that we love ourselves and we're you know secure in our womanhood and everything like that but then we allow somebody to degrade us disrespect us put their hands on us call us out of our name make us cry and then continue to deal with these people or this person or whatever So getting into this abusive relationship, I went from successful working girl car, making good money to fighting a a 30 year old while I'm 22, you know, fighting her in, in in a parking lot for messing with my man and just a hot ass mess. Okay, just a hot mess because I was going through a transition I was trying to find myself without my previous boyfriend you know what I mean we've been together for so long so I was trying to find myself and within trying to find myself I was trying to be somebody else's partner because I had been somebody's partner for so long I didn't know who I was without somebody else. And that's where I fucked up at. I fucked up major. I'm so glad I can say that out of my mouth to this day. I fucked up major. I never should have been messing with that dude. I knew he was no good from jump. I should have known he was no good when he had, when I found out that he had his dog's name tattooed on him. Dog was still alive, living with him and everything. But he didn't have his daughter's name tattooed on him. I should have stopped fucking with him that day. But digmatized, you know what I mean? Whatever. So, um, after my relationship with him ended, um, you know, the whole story, I ended up going to jail, fucking with this guy because he was cheating on me with this girl. And we ended up getting into it. He punched him in my face. I kicked his bathroom door down. The police came. I 
was bleeding and everything. I was begging them for help and they still took me to jail, child. After that, all that was said and done, no charges were filed, of course, because nothing happened because I'm the one who got punched in my face. Anyway, um, after that was all said and done, I still allowed this man back into my life. Never as a boyfriend or anything, but still would, you know, reply to his text messages and things like that when he didn't deserve it. He didn't deserve any of that. He didn't deserve to be in my presence. He didn't deserve for me to spit on him. But because I was still insecure, um, I was still trying to heal from this failed relationship. I and I wasn't trying to have sex with anybody else or do anything like that. I allowed him back into my life. And of course, it kept the everything kept going the same way I never allowed him to put his hands on me again but still verbally abusive would call me names if I didn't text him back or if I didn't want to meet up with him I was you know fucking somebody else or doing whatever when at the end of the day you don't have no rights over me because you're not my man you're not even a friend to me you are an abuser so (laughs) that guy had to go I finally, 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 a couple years ago, maybe two, three, maybe going on four years ago, had to let him know he was inappropriate and that I was not going to tolerate his inappropriateness because we weren't together. We weren't getting back together. I wasn't interested in doing anything with him, but we could remain friends because I saw him as a friend. After he put his hands on me and did all this shit, I still saw him as a friend because, I don't know, I guess once I heal from something, I there's no reason for me to hate you. There's no reason for me to hold a grudge. There's no reason for me to uh, ignore you or anything like that because I don't feel no negative energy towards you anymore. But obviously, that's not what he wanted. <laughs> So with all that being said, I finally, finally, finally just stopped replying. Stopped talking to him, wouldn't reply to a text message, wouldn't say anything. And I know probably to this day, he's still looking at my information because he's crazy. So that abusive relationship helped me to understand that I'm in control of of everything. I'm in control of every relationship that I'm in. I'm in control of my feelings and my actions. If I let somebody push me to do something crazy, act crazy, whatever, it's on me. It's not on anybody else. I can't blame him for my actions. I have to blame myself. And that helped me grow too. Everything that we experience in life, whether you guys know it or not, whether you guys Believe it or not, it is a life lesson. That's why I don't regret anything that I've done in my life. Everything that I have done, I've learned from it, I've grown from it, and I've changed. You guys have to understand that that's what life is about. We make mistakes, and then we wake up the next day, and we don't make those same mistakes. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to try and do everything right because that's never going to happen. 
You're never going to live if you think that you have to step on eggshells your whole life, do everything by the book, whoever's fucking book you're talking about. What is most important is to live. And in order to live, you have to make mistakes. You have to fuck up so you know what not to do next time. You can't do everything perfectly if you've never done something before, right? If I've never been in an abusive relationship before, if I've never been in a relationship with somebody who has put their hands on me and I get into one and he beats my ass or whatever, and then I get out of the relationship and I get back into another relationship and he shows me signs that he might put his hands on me or he's you know, being verbally abusive or something, if I leave before he puts his hands on me, that previous abusive relationship was a lesson, right or wrong. I know it's hard to be in an abusive relationship. Nobody wants to be in one, but there's a lesson in everything that we do. When somebody puts their hands on you and you don't put your hands back on them and you leave, that's growth. Because you did not allow their actions to cause you to react. All right, I'm I'm just I'm just saying. Now, we all know I'm a mother. <laughs> I'm a mother now. It was some man in between the that man and my man now, but none of them are important. <laughs> I'm going to be one hundred percent honest with you. None of them are important. Don't need to talk about none of them. Was never in another abusive relationship again. Praise God. Um, so I'm a mom now. I have a baby and still to this day, she's almost one. I cannot believe that I have a baby. I can't believe that I was chosen to be someone's mother. It's amazing it's breathtaking it's mind-blowing it's beautiful it's amazing it's wonderful I love it I've always wanted to be a mom I've always been very maternal so this journey that I have gone on to become my child's mother has been the most amazing thing in my life I mean everything that I've gone through is so that I can be the mother that I am to my daughter. And whew, I'm getting emotional. Whew. I never thought that I could love something the way that I love my daughter. Because I've never been loved in that way. Understand, I know that my parents and my mother loves me very much but the love that I have and the love that I give and I will give to my child for the rest of her life is not even close to any type of love I've ever received and what I didn't know before birthing a child that I know now everyone's not cut out to be a mother all women do not deserve the blessing of children. And I used to think that I didn't deserve children because I had an abortion, because I was raped at 18, and then I lost a child. 
So I thought after losing that baby, because I actually wanted my baby, I thought that I was a failure. I thought that God didn't want me to have kids. I didn't think I was good enough. And I thought I would never be a mom. So when I found out I was pregnant and I was having a baby, of course, I was scared and nervous. But it was probably the happiest moment of my life because I was finally getting what I always wanted. And although I was in the hospital for almost a month before I had her and she was four pounds and she had to be in the NICU for almost a month before I had her, the growth that that endured, I had to be strong. I couldn't see my baby every day, you know? I had to be vigilant with how I moved because I had a baby. You know, everything I do now is for her. So it just shows, it just goes to show you that we grow every day. You know what I mean? Every single day of our lives that we do something that we've never done or we experience something new or we do some something totally completely different from what we've always done we're growing and we're changing and that's a beautiful thing I am proud of myself for who I have become I could have went down a really bad path I've done some really bad (laughs) things in my life I mean I've never killed anybody I've never you know, shot anyone, but I busted a bitch's head open. You know, I have done a couple of drugs here and there and things like that. But at the end of the day, that doesn't define the person who I am. What defines me are the actions that I choose to to do now. What I choose to do in my life after having this child. Because now that I have a child, I have to think about everything before I do it. You know what I mean? I have somebody else to think about and she deserves a present mother. She deserves somebody who is happy and healthy mentally. She deserves somebody who is physically here as well. And that's most important for me is being here for my daughter, being that person for her. Had I not gone through all the things that I've gone through in my life, I would not be her mother. And I'm I'm so happy that I can say that I'm happy, you know, even after going through all these things, I was raped in 2020, you know, by somebody I thought was a friend. I wanted to die. I wanted to die. I didn't want to be on earth anymore because I felt like I was violated so bad and I felt like how could I be this such a good person and treat somebody with so much respect and love and just genuine care and they degrade me and disrespect me so badly? I just, I didn't want to live anymore. And after getting over that and realizing that there are good men out here and there are good people out here that care about me and my well-being and my livelihood, 
I had to heal from that. Um, And now that I've healed from it, although it's not something I wanted to go through, I did go through and I survived and I made it through and I'm a better person because of it. And I'm an advocate for consensual sex and for, I mean, not to say that this is not normal, but telling on your rapist Reporting that rape is very important. Um, Sexual assault, abuse, whatever. It's super important because even if they don't get caught, you spoke your truth. You know what I mean? And that's something that is super important for growth. Because if you don't speak your truth, all you're doing is holding in that truth and it's you're, there's no way to heal if you're ho- holding it in. There's no way for you to get over something if you can't even talk about it. So that's why I'm so open and I'm so honest about all the things that have happened in my life because I've healed from them. I'm I'm over it. You know what I mean? Of course, it still stings to think about, but I know that I'm in a better place now. I know that this person, this predator will never be able to put their hands on me again because I'm stronger than I was when you were able to take advantage of me. I'm so relieved that I found somebody who loves me, who accepts me, who understands me. My boyfriend knows everything about my life. I told him about basically everything before I moved here. And he accepted me and he loved me from day one. And that's all that I've ever wanted was a partner to love and cherish me. Now, I got a question. What were you insecure about as a child? Have you gotten over the insecurities or do you still feel some type of way? Do you think that it's easier to heal and become whole again or to remain hurt? Let me know. I would love to know what you guys think. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Until next time, thanks for listening.